Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. What has been happening? What has your week been like? Today is Wednesday the 27th of September. I cannot believe how quickly September has gone. I don't know about you guys but it's been rapid but also really long at the same time. We are moving into our flat in three days. I just... I cannot believe how quickly that has gone. It is absolutely insane. This is such a huge step for us. We're so excited about it, hence why I can't stop talking about it. But next week, I think I might do a little update for you guys, a little life update about it, because, oh my God, it's such a huge step for us. We've been wanting a flat for so long now, so this is just amazing, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it next week. But moving in this Sunday when you guys will be hearing this podcast so if you're listening to this on Sunday just know that we are in our new flat so so exciting so today I'm going to be talking to you all a little bit about the gut and fibre so gut health and fibre is what this podcast is about so there's going to be lots of different content coming on this uh, on my Instagram and a lot linking to this podcast so if you are interested in gut health or specifically the relation to fibre and how you can kind of increase your fibre intake please do give me a follow on Instagram at Mary H Gardner but the links to that will be in the description of the podcast so if you don't already follow me over on there and you can see some of the more kind of practical tips around fibre and how to increase it also kind of what fibre looks like and also uh, another kind of thing around it as well it's going to be two parts so please do go over and and follow me on there if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to know a little bit more about practical applications of fibre in the diet so first of all what on earth is fibre I'm sure you know a lot of you've heard of fibre before and there is kind of a part of carbohydrates in a sense so the technical term for fiber is all carbohydrates that are non-digestible that produce a health benefit benefit (laughs) a health benefit so we have carbohydrates as a whole and there's different kinds of carbohydrates and we have starchy carbohydrates and we have refined carbohydrates so refined carbohydrates are things like white flour white bread white pasta white rice all of those types of food products have had the germ and the grain so the germ within the grain stripped away which is where a lot of the fiber lives and a lot of the micronutrients so that actually originated a long time ago back when they were trying to figure out how to increase the shelf life of products and they did that by stripping out the the fiber in plain flour and there we had plain flour that was white flour and this actually helped increase the shelf life of flour also breads things like that and as well as change the taste of bread and uh, all the different associated wheat products so that's kind of where it originated from I'm not sure if they understood the health complications of that then but we definitely do know more about it now and then the fiber so when I'm talking about starchy carbohydrates that is fibrous proteins what's going on (laughs) carbohydrates so things like brown bread brown pasta brown rice also things like fruits and vegetables beans those types of foods are really high in fiber and why on earth is fiber important why should we be eating more of it what is the current kind of dietary intake of fiber like that is what we're going to talk about today right now in this podcast so fiber has a lot of different impacts so you get lots of different types of fiber with the overarching kind of 
definition of fibre. So there's different processing, different cooking impacts fibre and also what type of fibre you're getting. And the things kind of that fall within fibre vary massively. So there is different types of fibre that are a little bit more beneficial to consume because when they are fermented, they may not create the same metabolites. So some fibres are better than others and that can kind of differ. So you can get like fibre additives. I think one of those are chiry root and you might see that on ingredients if you have a look. And those types of things are just fibrous materials that get added in to foods to kind of help with the fibre content. They might be able to put high fibre on the packaging, things like that. There's also things called inulin and on lots of these different additives that don't naturally uh, exist within these food products that get put in. So those types of fibres, they're still fibrous, but the more type of fibre that we want to be consuming is things like, you know, whole grain products, uh, beans, nuts, as well as kind of thing like vegetables and stuff like that. And the difference between fibre uh, mechanically and biologically to carbohydrates is that fibre is not actually digested in the body. And if you listen to last week's podcast, you might have heard a little bit about this when I was talking about uh, fibre and its importance for weight loss and things like that. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that. But with this, it is actually fermented. So it doesn't go through the digesting process. It's fermented in your colon. And this is quite a complex process and one that helps you feel fuller for longer and all of this. But that is very, very specific difference between fibre and non-fibrous carbohydrates, which are things like the sugars, stuff like that, which are, uh, you know, a really big difference. So the specific thing as well is that when fibre is fermented, it uh, actually gives off a couple different byproducts called acutate, I think I'm saying that right, propinate and butrate. And these byproducts of fermentation are actually important for metabolic, bowel and brain health. So it's more than just the fibre itself. The byproducts from fermentation of the fibre actually release these products that are really helpful for our health as well. We're understanding more and more about these compounds uh, as as research goes on. So we really want to be consuming fibre as much as we can. And there's lots and lots of reasons for that. And one of those reasons is the gut microbiota. So we're really understanding more and more how important fibre is and fibre consumption is for the gut and the gut health and the microbiota. So we have around two kilograms worth of bacteria in our bodies. And yes, some of that bacteria lives on our skin, things like that. But the majority of that microbiota is in the gut. So, and you'll have heard before, there's links to the brain with the gut. There's links, the the gastrointestinal tract is involved in absolutely every process within the body and it's also hugely linked to a lot of different diseases. So diseases of the microbiota are massively linked to like loads and loads and loads of different diseases. So a low microbiota or a low microbiome myobal density uh, really does impact disease, specifically lactobacillus and bifida bacteria that you will probably see on probiotics and stuff like that, that are really, really important. So if we have a low diversity of those microbiota, it can be linked to a lot of different conditions related to the gastrointestinal tract, but also things like mood and other different conditions can be linked to this. So it's really important that we keep up that diverse microbiota in our bodies. And of course, with two kilograms worth of bacteria in our body, there's an awful lot of it. So the very diverse nature that we can make that with more good bacteria and less bad bacteria 
is really, really, really critical. We know as well that the microbiota is vital for development, for growth, very, very essential. The microbiota actually kind of exists as like a blueprint when you're around three years old. Uh, and what is really, really good about this is that we aren't stuck with it at three. Kind of the blueprint for, for our microbiota exists when and finishes kind of developing when we're at three, three years old. But it's not that, you know, your genetics leave this kind of in a way for life which I think is really really great and it's amazing that we do actually understand this so one of our biggest impacts on microbiota is our diet so what we eat massively massively determines the type of gut the type of gut hormones that we've got type of gastrointestinal microbiota and the diversity of that that we do have within our bodies and that is a primary factor is fiber so fiber is playing a huge role within the diversity of the microbiota and we do know that only two to three days after dietary change, we start to see a change in the microbiota. So that is hugely, hugely empowering information that we can change our diet. And then in two to three days, there has actually observed changes in the gut from those dietary changes. So even if you've eaten terribly your whole life or had only you know, non-fibrous foods your whole life, if you started eating fibrous foods, albeit it would be kind of a process, you would say, but you would start to see positive gut changes after a couple of days, which is absolutely amazing. So we do have the power to alter our health, specifically our gastrointestinal diversity with diet, which is so, so important and such empowering information. And we do, again, like I was saying, know that the gastrointestinal tract and the microbiota within it are really important for metabolic bowel as well as things like brain health which is I mean encompassing quite a lot of different bodily functions just being massively impacted by the gastrointestinal uh, tract. So how do we do we have some kind of statistics here that can kind of hammer this home even more so we know that around even just an increase in 10 grams of fiber in the diet can result in a 10% reduction in risk of colorectal cancer so even if you're having 10 grams extra of fiber a day we know that around 10% that will reduce your risk of colorectal cancer alone uh, and this is actually seen with the research is kind of more the better when it comes to colorectal cancer risk. So the more fiber you're getting, the decreased of a risk that you can see in fiber. And it's absolutely foundational, that research around fiber and its positive impacts on uh, cancer. Absolutely fantastic. And I've got so many more studies uh, and statistics for you right now before I even move on so we also have things like the gut brain interactions which I'm sure you've heard about if you you know it's all over TikTok and everything it's everywhere so our gut interacts with our brain and there is also kind of like a, a microbiota similar to our gut that exists and that goes on within our brain so there's a connection there between the gastrointestinal tract and your brain and this is actually where mood disorders, cognitive decline and things like Alzheimer's have been linked to the gastrointestinal tract and the diversity of microbiota living in there. So there might possibly be a link between fibre and depression, fibre and anxiety, fibre and Alzheimer's and there is no real, specifically for depression and anxiety, 
I mean depression and fibre consumption, there's no real human studies. So we don't have a substantial amount of research in this field, but we do know from animal research and also from cell research that there might be a link between fibre and depression. So the healthy microbiota, of course, encourages the increase of tryptophan, serotonin and GABA, which you might hear as GABA. And these are all hormones that are linked to uh, happiness and the ability to, you know, you know what serotonin um, that vital hormone when it comes to depression and anxiety that is why people take SSRIs which is an antidepressant to increase levels of serotonin so this healthy uh, microbiota should be increasing those hormones and therefore reducing the risk of depression but we don't know this for sure we don't know the exact mechanisms that may be playing here so don't take that massively but we do see that there could be a link between fiber consumption healthy diets as well as depression and anxiety as well as cognitive decline which is so so important so taking this research a little bit further there is a study looking at elderly people and cognitive impairments so those in elderly populations that had cognitive impairments and a low fiber consumption uh, actually increased their uh, survival rate no decreased their survival rate so actually increased the risk of them dying sooner. But then when they added more fibre to the diets, they actually saw that cognitive decline decreased. So there was a less amount of cognitive decline in those elderly populations when they just increased fibre consumption, which is absolutely fascinating and one that is a very, very simple application of uh, dietary intakes of fibre that can really make a big difference in very complicated, very uh, horrible diseases that do occur in elderly and also throughout life without fibre consumption. So this kind of research begs the question, what about other different kind of research areas around Alzheimer's? And we don't know massive amounts about Alzheimer's and fibre in the gastrointestinal tract. There is very much a lot more research to be done in this area, but it does beg to question things like do pre and probiotics have an influence on Alzheimer's risk or uh, you know the development of Alzheimer's or the, the slowing down of Alzheimer's and there's also possible research around fecal transplants if you've ever heard of this it's basically where uh, the healthy a healthy person they take a fecal transplant so that's poo obviously um, and put it into someone with an unhealthy microbiota and actually completely shifts and they see massive health benefits from that so there's possible kind of thoughts going on around there as well but obviously that is a very preliminary area of research that one you know that needs much further investigation so what does fiber look like in our current population within the uk how much are we consuming so we know that absolutely in all age groups no one is consuming enough fiber and of course there's populations within the population that are consuming enough fiber but on general in general people are not consuming enough fiber nearly enough fiber so it changes depending on age but for adults we should be having around 30 grams of fiber a day so you might be thinking what on earth goes with 30 grams of fiber where are we getting the fiber from so in the uk 38 percent of uh, our fiber consumption is coming from cereals in all age groups so that's obviously in breakfast we are getting 38 percent within the population 
um, fibre consumption from things like cereals. And this is really, really great that cereals are providing that fibre. But, of course, cereals are also... They can be highly processed and they can also be quite high in sugar. So, obviously, this is not the best method of getting fibre into our diets. But, although, you know, if, if fibre is a struggle for you and cereals do that please do not cut them out it's maybe just about increasing other things so the second amount so about 30 percent of our fibers coming from vegetables and potatoes but if you look a bit deeper in there the potatoes are often you know chips fried potatoes things like that which are not the best source of fiber either then we've got eight percent coming from fruit 11 percent coming from meat and meat products and 11 percent coming from other so Really, we're getting most of our fibres from cereals, vegetables and potatoes, which uh, could be a little bit better, specifically the cereal element. But of course, having that fibre intake from cereal is, of course, important. It's better that we have the fibre in the cereals than not have the cereals at all. But it's more about increasing other kind of parts of, uh, you know, vegetables, things like that, whole grains to bring this back up. So I think maybe one of the problems that we have is that we don't really know what 30 grams of fibre looks like. And I think even if you asked anyone, they probably wouldn't be able to list to you what 30 grams of fibre would look like on a diet. So obviously something like that is very difficult to tackle through a podcast. So if you are interested in this, I'm going to be, well, I will have already posted uh, this infographic looking at what 30 grams of fibre does actually look like. So go over to my Instagram and check that post out. You can get up just now if you like and have a look at what 30 grams actually looks like in a day. Uh, And that can help maybe conceptualise what that actually would mean for you. But there's very simple swaps that can be made. So things like white bread for brown bread, this is an increase in like 2.4 grams of fibre per slice. So things like that can make huge differences in your diet with your fibre consumption, as well as just generally swapping white carbohydrates for brown carbohydrates wherever you can is foundational when it comes to fiber and it doesn't really make much difference in your diet as way of taste wise or you know convenience things like that and even cost they are very very similar i'm not even sure if more fibrous foods are related i'm not even sure uh and then of course some more statistics for you guys this is absolutely foundational that we have this research and I really hope that it puts fibre and its importance into perspective. So SACIN, which is a very important carbohydrate report in the government, and they found that seven grams um, increased in fibre. So just increasing your fibre consumption by seven grams a day has been seen, well, has been shown to decrease the risk of cardiovascular diseases by 9%, which is, by the way, the global killer everyone, um, the entire population, the death rate of cardiovascular diseases is the number one killer in the world. That was a very long-winded way of saying that, but there we go. So a 9% decreased risk of cardiovascular disease, a 7% decreased risk of colon cancer, a decreased risk of stroke by 7%, and a 6% decrease in type 2 diabetes. So that's four very prevalent conditions that occur every single day within the UK, within the global population, all being decreased quite substantially just by increasing your consumption by seven grams of fibre a day, which is absolutely foundational. And if that isn't enough to convince you to have some more fibre, I do not know what is. But I think instead of focusing on, you know, 30 grams of fibre, bam, here we go, we need to get all of that in, 
maybe just focus on increasing your fibre intake by 10 grams in a day. So 7 to 10 grams of fibre in a day to see these absolutely foundational uh, health benefits from fibre. So I think as well, uh, high fibre can sometimes mean foods high in sugar and saturated fat. And I think that's really important to say. So certain foods that are high fibre, let me think. So something like those cereal bars, like, or those types of, uh, what are they called again? They're called, oh, what are they called? That's going to really bother me. But they're kind of marketed as a health bar but they're also really really high in sugar but they're also really high in fiber as well so you've got to be careful with that and I think super important to read the ingredients on packets if it's not something that triggers you sometimes that triggers people so please do not do that if that is something that bothers you but I'm also going to post a part two of uh, this infographic about what fiber looks like on how to read a food label because that is something that most individuals struggle massively with because there's so many scientific terms on the back of a food label. It's all not very easily accessible. So that will be on my Instagram as well. So go over and check that out as well if you would like some more kind of tips on that. But we need to know about the other benefits of fibre. So things like it impacts blood sugar, impacts cholesterol, it impacts heart health, not and not just bowel health, not just uh, with your gastrointestinal, with your gut, with your uh, microbiota. It works and helps with a plethora of different things within your body and within your health. So please do not see fibre as right, right, okay, I just need to have this for my gastrointestinal or for bowel health, things like that. It is really a whole plethora of different health benefits that you get from increasing your fibre consumption and for increasing your fibre consumption by just seven grams a day you know this with all those health benefits it is extremely extremely worth it but of course as well there are some barriers to uh, high fibre foods uh, things like some of them sometimes can be more expensive uh, actually probably quite a lot of the time since healthier foods tend to be a little bit on the uh, more expensive side which is obviously not a a massive 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 issue in the population we also have things like taste preferences to low fiber food so of course like everyone likes white bread and all of that more than brown bread so we have those types of barriers we also have things like not knowing how to use beans and pulses things like that not knowing how to cook it we also have lack of cooking skills diets that are also promoted to everyone that are very low in carbohydrates so things like keto diets paleo diets those types of things that are really high in fat and have very little carbohydrate and they actually encourage you to stop eating as much vegetables encourage you to stop eating uh, carbohydrates specifically uh, fibrous ones which is obviously a very bad idea and as well is fiber isn't included as a big in a big way in any type of uh, unpack labeling things like that we just know what carbohydrates are in there and we know the free sugars but we don't know how much fiber is in products so that might be a really beneficial uh, uh, addition and actually this these ideas a lot came from Jenna Hope Nutrition which she's a registered nutritionist and uh, I can put, I'm going to put her in there because this was a really, really great one. Really great idea to add fibre to the traffic light system. So go and check her Instagram out because that was such an interesting idea and one that I think would be really beneficial. But we also want to kind of encourage the use of uh, ways in which are cost effective for you. So, you know, a way that you can increase your fibre consumption without completely altering your diet, without, you know, spending a lot more money on uh, fibre 
uh, fibrous foods. So you could do this by buying frozen or canned fruit and vegetables, beans, things like that. Like beans are very cost effective as well as things like frozen fruit and vegetables. They are not uh, less superior than fresh. You can 100% get frozen and canned foods that are uh, that are fruit and vegetables or high in fibre. And a lot of the time they can help prevent food waste. They're more cost effective and they also have a really great health benefits. So please don't shy away from that. But I think the only thing, check the ingredients on some of these things because sometimes there can be a lot of different added ingredients. So just check the ingredients, but come back to my Instagram and you can have a look at how to read a food label and make sure that you aren't missing anything. But I think fibre is so important and I really think this podcast uh, encompasses that in a big way. So if this has shocked you, if this is, you know, helps you see the importance of fibre, then please do head over to Instagram and have a look at those practical tips on how to increase it more. Very, very difficult to get that through in a podcast when you can't see anything. So please do go over there and uh, have a look at those practical tips that will be up now. But thank you so, so much for listening. This is such an important topic. I really hope you gained a lot of knowledge and uh, passion around your your food and your food consumption, your fibre consumption. Uh, And I really, really hope that you enjoyed it. Please do remember to like it and share with anyone you uh, think you know, would benefit from this. Also, get in touch with me if it resonated with you, if you wanted to give me any ideas for the podcast, or if you'd like any additional help. I am always, always here, so please do just get in touch. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening, and I will speak to you all next week when I'm in my flat. So, yes, I'll see you all next week, and uh, yeah, bye.